Greatest Choice podcast, where we dive into the topics of singleness, fertility, motherhood, and choice. I'm your host, Katie B. Every episode, I'll deliver conversations with women in their fertile years who are grappling with what to do when life doesn't turn out as planned. You will also hear interviews with experts in the fields of fertility, personal development, choosing single motherhood, and more. Join us as we explore these topics and support each other along the way. Because what you decide to do with these years could be the single greatest choice you'll ever make, and you don't have to make it alone. Hi listeners, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Single Greatest Choice podcast. Today I'm going to be talking with Juliet. She's 43 and lives in Los Angeles, and we first encountered each other in a Single Mothers by Choice Facebook group. Juliet had posted her pregnancy announcement, and it was just so full of optimism and a sense of empowerment, and I was just really drawn to her energy. I knew she'd be a great guest for the show. I hope you guys enjoy this chat. Hi, Juliet. Welcome to the Single Greatest Choice podcast. Would you start by just telling us a little bit about who you are and how this topic relates to you? Sure. I am a single lady. I'm just turned 43 years old. I live in Los Angeles and I've been in real estate for about 20 years. I live alone with just my two huge Labradors and, you know, I am right now pregnant, four months pregnant and did IVF with a donor. So that is my current status. (laughs) (laughs) That is so exciting. (laughs) So in that choice to become a single mother, Do you think that that had to do with the biological clock, like feeling the pressure of age and time? Or do you think that that's a choice that you would have made kind of regardless of the clock? Yeah. Well, I think originally when I froze my eggs at age 35, I wasn't sure. It was just after, um, you know, a painful breakup. I didn't know how long it would be until I met somebody again. And so I just decided to preserve my fertility and always just thought it was such a good idea any way to do, even if you have a partner. So I did that, still wanting the traditional family structure. But as time went on, as I got older, I have to say that there was always a part of me, I think even at that time that was willing to do it on my own if I needed to or wanted to. But the desire to actually choose to do it on my own grew with time. And so the thing when I froze my eggs, I was like, how am I going to know when to actually pull the trigger and do this? You know, finally just do it on my own and give up on that, you know, dream per se. And then it was just very, very clear to me. I was dating somebody a year ago for about a year and he just wouldn't commit. I just thought at that point it was becoming a function of time where I said, you know what? It was actually my 42nd birthday. I actually broke up with him. And the next day I ordered my prenatals. And I was like, that's it? I just knew. But I will say, even when I was dating this man, I really started to think about the benefits for myself of doing it alone. You know, I live in Los Angeles and Beverly Hills, and I have, you know, lots of married friends, and I, most people around me are married. And, and just in my particular environment, I, I haven't seen a lot of relationships that I, I don't know, I just, uh, for me, there's a lot of reasons. I think for me personally, it would work better this way. Like I said, I just see a lot of benefits. And so it started to become an actual desire. And once I decided it was the most empowering decision I ever made, I felt so strong. I never felt better. All that like searching and those disempowering feelings that I had before, like, where is he? And oh, is it going to happen? Those are all really disempowering feelings. And the moment I said, I'm choosing my destiny, 
I'm choosing to do this. And anyone that comes in addition is just a bonus. It's like everything changed. And of course, at that time, that's when all the, the guys flocked to you, right? It's like so ironic. But you know, yeah, that's kind of how it happened for me. So I wasn't really clear in the beginning, you know, what freezing my eggs would mean to me. But I'm so, so glad that I did. And it, it took on a whole new life of its own, I think. Definitely. And I actually reached out to you. Um, we connected through the Single Mothers by Choice Facebook group. And you had posted kind of a, a pregnancy announcement, but also really just a summary of your story. And within that, I could really feel the empowerment. And I hear it even now in your voice with just how confident you are in this decision. And that's something that I think I was drawn to because I am one of the women who is following this path more reluctantly. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that energy is just so attractive because I'm like, Ooh, I'll have what she's having, you know? (laughs) So when you say that you started to see the benefits, even while you were in a relationship of doing this on your own, I'd love for you to share more about what you mean by that. Like, what are some of the things that you're most looking forward to about being a single mother? Well, first of all, I don't see it as you really having to give up anything. If you still really want to have a partner, you can do that. And I personally, you know, the person that I was dating actually had children. And um, for me, there was no problem. But it, it also made me see that, you know, children are a completely separate entity than it's a completely separate relationship that we as parents have with our children versus our romantic partner. And I was able to date him and he still had his his children. So why couldn't I do the same? You know, I don't feel like if you do this on your own, you're giving up your whole, you know, ability to, to even be married or be with somebody, but you're taking back all the power as the woman of motherhood and being able to have a child if you want. So I didn't really see it as me losing anything. I saw it as me being able to gain something and not having to give up my dreams or chances of being a mother because the reality is men do have until they're 60 something to have children. We don't. And then in terms of the benefits, I saw, for one thing, I came from a bit of a broken family. Luckily, I was raised by a really incredible father that really took me under his wing. And part of this benefit that I saw was the ability to raise your child whole. And I know some people may not see it that way. They may say, oh, well, it's missing a father and everyone needs a father. But, you know, my father's 91 years old and he's Mexican. He's mixed Mexican Lebanese, but really Mexican culture. And I, he's very traditional. And so when I had this idea, I went to my father because I respect him so much. And I said, what do you think of this? Like, but don't you think it's bad that my child won't have a father? And he looked at me and he said, no, why? He's like, what about in 1932 when babies were just being born and their fathers went off into war and were killed? They never had a father. Those kids are fine. Like, there's so many ways to have a family now. And personally for me, just seeing a lot of the destruction with the divorce rate being at least over 50% where I in my environment, being able to have a child that you want so badly and not have the internal turmoil within a household and the stress and the drama of divorce. And I personally, for me, thought of what if, you know, I get divorced and he's dating some 20 year old and she's doing drugs or whatever, you know, (laughs) and, and I don't want my child around that. You have full control. For me, that I thought would be healthier for a child because I know how, what kind of mom I want to be. So to me, it was a benefit in terms of sheltering your child from 
what I see goes on with so many children and households these days. That was one benefit. I definitely agree with that. And I also think that for me as a mother, the ability to just focus on my child, I hope that at some point I have that romantic relationship, but reality, given the time frame, you know, the biological clock issue is that if I were to have a child naturally with a partner, it would be someone that I didn't know all that well. I mean, even a year or two years of getting to know each other is not that much. And so I would be still in a relatively new relationship, you know, navigating that and trying to keep that healthy and whole so that we don't create a broken home and trying to learn how to be a new mom all in the same time frame. And so to me, there's something that's very comforting about, okay, I get to just do the mom part and learn how to do that and get to a place of feeling confident and comfortable. And then when I'm ready, I can bring back in the dating. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, I always say, I, I mean, I personally think most men just get better with age in every way. They, at least in LA, when they hit like the 53 plus mark, <laughs> they start to kind of settle down, their eyes stop wandering. I, you know, I can't generalize. There's a lot of wonderful men out there. But you know, you're also less apt, I think, to get divorced when, when you marry older because you know yourself so well, or maybe you've been through it before and, and usually you're better the second time around because you've evolved from those experiences. So I actually kind of preferred it to do, do it that way. I also thought, you know, a lot of really great guys got married very young and they're going to be getting divorces, some, most of them, and they mostly have kids, don't want more kids perhaps. And, you know, I'll have my child, they'll have their child and we'll be able to have a really healthy, wonderful relationship. And I haven't given up my chance to be a mom and I'm not stuck in the situation where I see a lot of my friends that are with older men and haven't had a child and are really putting pressure on themselves and the man to deliver in that way. And that that's stressful in a relationship. So again, I think there's nothing more beautiful, powerful, wonderful than a woman that is able to take full control of her life in a beautiful way. Nobody can ever fault you for wanting to be a mother. To me, also relationships, whether it be family, whether it be husband or wife, these things can be temporary, but a child is forever. So to me, there was nothing more important than preserving that and who cares what anyone else thinks. No, I definitely agree. I think that for most of my life, I had a very rigid cookie cutter picture of what it would look like to become a mother. And the longer I lived with that, the more constraining that felt and the more anxiety I had around, well, how am I going to get from where I am right now to that place? And the minute you start to kind of open it up where it can look a lot of different ways, you know, it might look like being a step parent to someone's children who you know, I'll meet later in life. It can look like having a donor conceived baby now and a baby with a partner um, who shares that biology later down the road. It could, you know, it can look so many different ways and it could even look like me using an egg donor later because that's what needs to happen to create a family. And I think that just having these conversations about the different ways, you know, adoption and just all the different ways a family can be created. I think it's so helpful to just breathe, you know, just open up the um, constraint on how to get there. Absolutely. And there's so many ways. And, you know, I, when I was 35, I froze 22 eggs, which at the time I thought was like, wow. And it was. So those eggs, when I turned 42 and I fertilized them eight years later, 
I only made 14 embryos. So they were frozen for eight years. When they fertilized them, I only, out of 22, I only came down to 14 embryos. So not all of them made it. Then from there, when I had them PGS tested, which you know, I highly, highly recommend. To me, it's not even worth doing IVF unless you PGS test those embryos, which for those that you know, don't know what that is, that's basically you do the genetic testing on them to see which ones are healthiest. And because a lot of miscarriages actually happen from women just putting in embryos that are not healthy. So you're much greater chances of success when you do that. So I only got five out of those 22 eggs when I was 35 years old, I only got five healthy embryos and they're graded differently. Only two of them were grade A, one of them was like grade C, so not even that great. Luckily, when I was 43, and amazingly, I really didn't expect this, the first time worked. I did a lot of things to prep my body before doing IVF, which is really, really important. And I think was the reason that I was managed to be successful on my first attempt at 42. Basically, the biggest thing I did, um, which most people don't do, and the only reason why I did this is because I was diagnosed with Lyme disease a couple years ago, and I was very, very ill. So I, I underwent a massive detox. But the, the detoxing that I did was a lot of it's the same kind of detoxing that's really beneficial to do before you get pregnant, such as making sure you get all the heavy metals out of your body. So doing a heavy metal detox, but you need to do it only under a functional medicine doctor, kind of a homeopathic MD. You know, there's a great book actually that I highly recommend. It's called Brighton Baby. It's a very large book and I'm not a big reader. If anything, I'll listen to audiobooks, but I highly recommend it. And it really talks about something that people don't discuss very often, which is crucial. And that is preconception preparation. So detoxing your body properly, getting everything in line, getting your hormones balanced, getting your thyroid right, getting your vitamin D levels correct, making sure you're taking adequate and specific vitamins that you don't find normally in multivitamins, such as CoQ10. You know, if you're over 35 years old, you should absolutely be taking CoQ10 for at least three months before you freeze your eggs. And I can go on about these things, but the best resource that I would recommend are two books. One, it's called It Starts With the Egg, and that is really, really important to read several months before you freeze your eggs, at least three months before. That'll give you the greatest chance of success. And then Brighton Baby, which is all about preconception and kind of detoxing your body beforehand, specifically heavy metals, because heavy metals can lead to autism and all sorts of difficulties. So one thing I kind of want to digress a little bit, because I was talking about how I originally froze my eggs when I was 35. However, in terms of wanting to still preserve my ability to have a child with a man or a husband someday, perhaps, I didn't want to fully close that door. So I decided at age 42 to freeze more eggs and just put those aside. Now, I know not everybody can afford to do that. But let me tell you, I actually couldn't afford it either time I did it. I'm in real estate and it's very up and down. Both times I actually went through this process were times where I was very down and already in debt. And let me tell you, I went into a lot of debt this time doing it. But to me, it was worth it because you have you know, your whole life to pay off debt. There are always options. And that's okay if not everybody wants to do that. I, I have a friend that they were like, we're done. We're 15 grand in, we're done. And that's okay too. 
but just because you decide to, to go the route that I went and go for it and be a single mother and have a child on your own doesn't mean that you have to close the door on that forever. So there are options. Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. You and I share that part of our story where we froze eggs and then fertilized all of those eggs and then went back for another round of eggs to preserve frozen without fertilizing. And for me, that really has been part of the magic formula that has just allowed me a little bit of space. I think that if I only had my embryos, I wouldn't be necessarily taking this pause that I'm taking right now, because what would I be waiting for? But right now there's this opening where it's like, well, if I wanted to date again, I could, because I've created two avenues. I've created an avenue where I could be a single mother by choice. And I have those embryos prepared. And I also have these eggs and it's interesting. I don't really feel a desire to date right now, but I'm sitting with that and I'm kind of allowing it to percolate and to really be sure before I move forward with the embryos that that's where my heart is fully. And then it's not this forced plan B because I reached a dead end. And so I absolutely agree with you that if you're able to freeze eggs at any point, you know, just to keep for yourself, it's, it's such an amazing gift to yourself. And I heard someone say once that your earning potential in your lifetime is infinite, but your fertility is finite. So you may not have the money now, and I'm certainly not advocating for people to go out and, you know, create massive debt that they don't have any kind of plan to, to figure out how to pay off. But I do think it is worth dipping a little bit into your reserves if it's something that you know that you would regret not doing. Definitely. And I think you kind of touched on something that I really strongly believe in, which is there's this kind of stigma attached to women that do this and that people think that it's only women that are at the end of the road that like, oh, I just have to do it because I couldn't find anybody. But actually, that's not the case. And like I said, in my situation, I was dating someone that loved me and was amazing and would have loved to just go on like this forever. I made the choice. And that's why I love the term single mothers by choice, because I personally, like I said, I see so many benefits in doing this way. My main thing is healthy mother, healthy child. So you know, if I don't feel like I've found someone that I could be in a really, truly stable, everlasting relationship with, I don't want to bring a child into that happy mother, happy child. And if you feel good about this and you're calm, you can create your own environment for your child. I just think it's really a wonderful thing. And it's all about mindset too. If you're proud and you're feeling good about this, people don't see it as weird. They may judge because they may have their own issues and preconceived notions or whatnot, but it doesn't matter. Most people have really responded to me. I was very surprised and pleased. Like, wow, you're really badass. Like, that's amazing. You know, not me, but any woman that would do this. It's really admirable if you think about it and empowering. It's been really great for me to connect with lots of different women in this demographic because there are so many stories. And I've really been surprised at how many women come to this choice in their very early 30s or, I mean, even in their late 20s. And that's just shocking to me because I was nowhere near that, <laughs> ready to make that decision at that age. But there is that clarity that for some of them, they've always wanted motherhood more than to be with a partner. And it's not about running out of time. It's just about being ready. 
and not wanting to wait or having never had the desire to be with a partner. And then I so appreciate you kind of embracing that term of single mother by choice. It's a good model for me because I am one who still is really uncomfortable with the term. And so it's helpful to see women identifying with this decision and this choice in in different ways. Because for me, I would love to be called a single mother by necessity. You know, it just feels like I want to be a mother by choice. And so my choice at this vantage point is single mother because I happen to be single and I want to be a mother. The idea of that I would choose single motherhood still is really hard for me. And that's okay. It's okay. And I can feel empowered and share my story and all of those things and still be really honest about the point that, you know, this is a plan B for me. Yeah. And And I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's okay too. But it's great to know that, you know, some women actually choose this because it really tells a woman that is thinking how you're thinking. It may not be ideal, but life is not always ideal. And a lot of times things happen because life is happening for us, not to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just all depends on mindset. And again, just going back to the concept of mindset, I feel like if I want to tell women anything, it's that going through this process, nothing is more crucial than your mindset. And that goes all the way back to freezing your eggs. Now I have friends, I have a lot of friends have gone through IVF with their partners, husbands. A lot of them had very difficult times and some of them just freezing their eggs, only three weeks of their life to freeze their eggs. And they were just like, this is the worst thing ever. And I was like, I mean, it is. And the first time I froze my eggs when I was 35, actually it was, I was a raving lunatic. Believe me, I had locked myself in my house for 10 days because I was just going crazy. The second time, I think I kind of knew what to expect. So I kind of braced myself and it actually wasn't bad at all. It was like night and day. Part of it again was that mindset and just being like, okay, I know this is going to be hard. It's three weeks of my life. It's okay. If I need to shut myself in for a week and scream at people and apologize and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm just on hormones. It's fine. It's going to be okay. But I think the women that end up giving up or having a lot of difficulty through this process are the ones that they dwell on all the negative and the the pain, but that's life in general. I mean, there's a million things right now that I could be upset about, believe me. And some days (laughs) I do, I'm not perfect. Some days I'm in a bad mood, but I think it's important just to remember that when you're going through this process, it can be a hundred times easier if you just go easy on yourself and just try to have a little bit of grace when you're going through it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. So I similarly had the first round of egg freezing. I was extremely hormonal and just kind of an emotional wreck. And, but physically I felt okay. And then the second round, which was almost a year, I think it was about 10 months later, I didn't experience all the hormones. And I was really worried about that because it had been so intense the first time around. And I didn't experience those hormonal roller coasters, but I did have a lot of physical side effects the second time, like a ton of bloating, a ton of bruising. It was just like physically so miserable in my own body. But both of the times that I went through it, I realized I needed to choose my mindset and I needed to choose something to focus on that was going to help me get through it. And so for me, that was, you have been afraid for a decade that you are not going to be a mother. And now you are doing something to make that happen. Like you have taken control into your own hands. And so to be able to be proactive rather than just to sit back and wait, like that was the thing that got me through that process. And I really felt 
excited to give myself the injections and excited yeah. to go for my scans because it just was so empowering to think that I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not, you know, that was the choice that I made to take control of this thing instead of letting it control me. Exactly. I feel like that's the reason why I've been so happy. And again, not every day is going to be perfect, but I think all this euphoria comes from being able to, once you decide, you know, and not being stuck in that, oh, what's my life going to be like? Am I ever going to have a kid? Am I ever going to get married? Is he coming? Like, is he going to commit? Oh God, those feelings. Once I decided <laughs> and there's no going back, it's the most exciting euphoric feeling and you just feel so in control of your life to get there took me a lot of years it took me eight years to pull the trigger for when i froze my eggs now at 35 i was not ready but once i decided it's just a really good feeling like you said you can make those times when you're giving yourself shots and you're going through the pain i went through it too but just to remember you're moving forward now in your life and nobody has control over it but you it's pretty exciting it is so how has pregnancy been for you it's interesting Gosh, there's so many things I could say. But at first I was worried, you know, when I was really nervous to announce it because, you know, I have a closed Facebook group, so I, I don't have that, that many friends, you know, on Facebook, maybe I have like 500 or something and nobody ever comments on my stuff. I'm like, where is everybody on, on Instagram? Maybe some do. And, you know, but I was like, God, I'm going to announce this and no one's going to say anything. I'm going to feel really bad. You know, <laughs> I had never gotten, I think it was something close to 200 people were all just like, amazing. This is so, and I was very open in my, in my announcement that I did IVF. And I think I wrote it in a way that I wasn't, you know, going into too much detail, but people clearly knew that I was doing this on my own and I did it with the donor. People were just like, wow, this is really awesome. And it made me feel great. It was very reassuring. You know, I don't have really any family or any support of any kind. I have 91 year old father who I love and is amazing, but he lives far and he's really not equipped in any way to, to help me other than we talk a couple times a month. Right now I can't see him because, you know, we're in quarantine, but you know, I don't have big family or I am truly doing this on my own. It was scarier before I decided to do it. Now I'm just, I mentality has changed a little bit. Like, how am I going to pay for this? Oh my gosh. Now, since I've been pregnant, I feel like nothing else really matters. And you hear this about, you know, from mothers, once you become a mom, you know, nothing else really matters. And I'm like, you know what, if I go bankrupt and I lose my home and we have to move to, you know, somewhere else, who cares? I have a child. I'm going to be, we're going to be happy. We're going to make it work. So I, I tried to get as many things in place before I got pregnant as possible. But the reality is this is life. And even when everything's in order, you think it is, there'll be like a hurricane and something will happen, but. <laughs> or a pandemic, right? <laughs> yeah. Or a pandemic, you know? Interestingly enough, it's been good, I think, to be home at this time of quarantine and really taking this time to try to use it to my benefit, not only with keeping stress really low, just being peaceful in the house with my dogs, but reading a lot and reading about what kind of parent, you know, I want to be. I listened to this podcast about conscious parenting that was wonderful. I really had a difficult upbringing. I had a very, very difficult mother. And um, it's been important for me to really take time to almost study. You know, we, we read books on how to train our dogs, but we don't read books on how to become a parent before we do. So I've kind of taken time to do that. First trimester, I was very, very sick. I actually lost a lot of weight and I was trying very hard to eat. It was hard. The second I hit my second trimester, as they say, that fades away and then you feel great. 
so I've been, I've been feeling good now, you know, and just trying to stay positive and yeah, it's been good. Have you met with any resistance or negativity at all with this choice that you made? Luckily, no, except for I did have a friend that was in town, not from this country, actually was from Switzerland (laughs) about a year or two ago. We were hanging out and I think I brought up the idea, but I didn't say that I was doing it. He really went in about how he thought that was just horrible and selfish and who would do that? You're robbing the child of a father. And this, and that. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. And then I did end up telling him again, it was that mindset, that confidence. It's so important for you to believe in it yourself because when you do, it starts to change people. Sometimes it doesn't. There are people that their families will never accept it. But then I hear once the baby comes, they love the baby. So again, you just have to stay true to yourself, what you believe is right for you, what will work for you, because what works for me is very different than what works for somebody else. But again, staying true to yourself and just having the confidence in what you're doing and seeing the beauty in it is really important. It's all that matters. I'm all about creating your own destiny, not waiting for others to give it to you. That's just the worst thing we could do in life. I think you'll just be endlessly disappointed. Yeah. Um, it really makes you, you know, at, at worst a victim and at, At best, you're just kind of a chess piece, right? Just getting moved around by whatever circumstances come your way. Uh, I think it's really empowering to make choices. And I love what you said about creating your own family. And I think there's something really true and sweet about what we can create and what we can see and how we can learn through the eyes of a child. And I, I don't have children, but I've worked with children in a lot in my career. And there are things that as an adult are hardly on my radar anymore. Things like April Fool's Day or, you know, or (laughs) Halloween even, you know, I mean, they're just things that it's like just another day until you're around kids. And it's like, oh, wow, they've been really thinking about like, this is a big news for them. They're very excited. And so as the adult, you get to sort of get swept up in that childlike wonder again. And I can really see how kind of starting fresh with a new life and a new story could be really healing for you to kind of relive childhood the way that you would have wanted it to be. Absolutely. I mean, I will say something about since I've been pregnant, and I'm sure this is partially hormonal, just the past three days, I've been feeling great. But the past three days, as I've been reading books and parenting, and as I've had a lot of slow time to reflect and thinking about my childhood, it's been really painful and it's brought up a lot of things. I mean, the one good thing and blessing that somebody said to me was, you you can kind of thank your mother because if you hadn't gone through that, you probably wouldn't be as good of a mom as you're going to be because I know, I don't know what all to do as a mom, but you know, there's no handbook, right? Nobody's perfect, but I know pretty darn well what not to do because of my experience and just having that kind of compassion and understanding of what it feels like to be a child and in that situation. So I think it'll make me a better mother, but it has been hard for me to, as I approach motherhood to think about, gosh, I can't even imagine, you know, treating my child that way. It can bring up a lot of different emotions, but like you said, I think this will be a very healing process for me to know that I can create a different story and create a different life and not let 
that reality. In a lot of ways, I felt like I was very robbed from being able to get married and be in a healthy relationship because I felt like I was always so mistrusting, you know, of men and people and seeing that, you know, the damaged relationship between my parents, that's all I know. So I always felt like, God, I resent my mother because I never had a good example. And now I don't even know what it's like. No, I definitely agree. I think that that's been a big part of my healing journey as well is to really learn how to stop blaming other people. And one of those people who was taking a lot of the shit from me was my younger self. Why did you give so much of your time to this person? Or why did you marry? Like I I got married very young and it's something that I both regret at have at times regretted the, the whole marriage. I've regretted the divorce. I've regretted ever meeting the person. I've regretted letting the person go like all, you know, from every angle and I can be angry with him, but I could also be angry with myself. I could be angry with the people in my life who could kind of see the direction that was going and let me marry him anyway. <laughs> I look at all of that as sort of like emotional childhood and mm-hmm you know, that I was, it's just a very immature way, I think. And it's a way that most people look at their circumstances. I mean, there's always someone to blame. But the thing is, when you blame someone else, it makes you a victim. And so for me, a big part of what's gotten me to the place where I am now is just fully accepting responsibility, not for everything that's happened to me, but for how I've allowed it to impact me. So there's something that really was hard for me about the idea that I truly was not ready to date again after my divorce for about seven years. Now that's not to say I didn't date. I dated a lot. I actually even got engaged to someone else, but I wasn't ready. And I think that to really kind of accept responsibility for that and not beat myself up over it, but also not make it anyone else's fault that like what happened in my life was I got married too young And because of that, and because of that divorce, it put me in a decade of not being ready to make that kind of connection again. And that happened to be the decade of when I thought I'd be having babies. (laughs) It's all about how you use your experiences too, you know, how to turn it into a positive. And, and like I said, I can see now ways in which my past, which was difficult, can serve me and can serve my child and really also gave me this strong wanting for a family and to create one. Yeah, definitely. Well, Juliet, I think we should start kind of wrapping up here, but I did want to finish by asking you if there's anything we haven't talked about that you think that you'd really like to share with women, not necessarily women who are choosing single motherhood, but maybe just women who are grappling with all of the choices around singleness and fertility and motherhood and partnership and, you know, all the things and just feel a little bit lost? I think there's so much I could say, but there's a lot of like noise and people's opinions and your own thoughts that'll be circling your mind. But I think at the end of the day, if you kind of just close your eyes and take some time for yourself to really think about what you want in life, everybody aside, everyone's opinions aside, society's beliefs aside, think about what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years. And Think about it in terms of it not working out if you have to depend on anyone else to make any of those things happen. 
knowing what you want and really trying to see how you can make that happen on your own. If you believe in yourself, if you really try to think about what it is that you want in life, what's most important to you, you know, where you want to see yourself in five or 10 years, is it more important for you to be a wife or is it more important for you to be a mother? And there's no wrong answer. So if you're trying to decide, I mean, the one thing I will say is I think the best thing any woman can do, whatever route they're choosing, is to freeze their eggs. And it's also a lot easier to do this process before you're in a relationship with men because it can be pretty stressful and you can be pretty crazy, you know, and it, it might be smarter and easier on you if you're just go, doing that alone and not have somebody aggravating you when you're on tons of hormones uh, doing, you know, freezing your eggs. But that would be my biggest recommendation. Another thought that somebody said that I thought was really nice was they said, the only women that don't become mothers are the women that give up something to that effect. And I thought that was interesting because as we talked about a little bit earlier, there are so many ways, you have so many options. Women don't even know all the options we have. You can have an egg donor, you can have a sperm donor, you can have embryo donors. You know, there's so many ways and it's all about what you're willing to do. And there's no right or wrong, but there, you always have options. So it just depends how bad you want it. How bad do you really want to be married, is it really that important to you? You know, marriage comes and goes. For me, that it wasn't as important and I can still have that. Um, so again, just knowing what you want, knowing what's most important to you, and most importantly, doing whatever you feel is right for you. Not everybody's the same. And just having the confidence in yourself to know that you can do it and remembering you can always make it work if you really want to. But just always believe in yourself, no matter what and know that this is a beautiful thing. Whatever you decide to do, if it's right for you, it's right. That's great advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Single Greatest Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Katie B. You can learn about me and this project on my website, singlegreatestchoice.com. That's also the place to go if you're interested in being a future podcast guest. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute to rate and review in iTunes. That helps more women to find our show. Until next time, I'm sending you all my love and support as you go about making the choices that will create a life you love. <laughs>